This episode of She Explores is brought to you by iCompass. Celebrating the belief that there is always another adventure to look forward to, winter 2020-2021 is getting geared up, and so is the iCompass community. Now's the time to start preparing for your winter adventures with your family and friends, to return to the slopes, or to try out skiing or snowboarding for the very first time. The Icon Pass is the multi-mountain ski pass that unlocks skiing and riding at over 40 unique destinations worldwide. Across these destinations, you can explore wide open spaces, breathe in that fresh mountain air, and discover new adventures with friends and family. Select the Icon Pass to optimize a full season or test the waters with the Icon Pass Session 4 Day. On sale now, every 2020-2021 Icon Pass comes with adventure assurance, giving you the confidence to ride. Discover what mountains and pass options are accessible to you and plan for a winter of adventure at iCompass.com. That's I-K-O-N-P-A-S-S dot com. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. My biggest goal in life is to spread the most amount of joy while causing the least amount of harm. And... If we all kind of like, they don't have to adopt my philosophy, of course, but we all kind of keep that in mind that you can have joy, spread joy. You can't be completely harmless. You can't be completely cruelty-free, right? But you can strive to do the least amount of that as possible. Then a good life is in store for you. This is Carrington Kernodal, the owner of Parts Homegrown, a website that teaches people how to nurture themselves and all else. Carrington is a plant lover. If you go to her Instagram account at with Carrington, you'll see photos of her inside with her Monstera plants. There's one of her cozied up to a leaf that's twice the size of her head. Carrington's also a plant eater. Her feed is full of delicious looking vegan food, which powers her through her hiking and kayaking, as well as her yoga practice. I'm a very big fan of working three things in particular. That's my head, and my heart, and my hips. <laughs> so I do a lot of uh, breath work first, called pranayama, so through meditation. When you like breathe deeply, you're bringing in more oxygen to your body, which of course nourishes all of your muscles and your, uh, your bloodstream and brings more clarity to your brain of course because I want to be able to think very clearly. Doing activities that make you be in the present moment allows that kind of clarity. Yoga, hiking, kayaking, those are like my jam. People who run more power to you. I just can't, I just can't physically take doing those type of things. <laughs> that is a very like in the present moment type of activity of course but I do physical activity a few times a week and I rest as well because I want to marinate in that kind of uh, tenderness that working out gives because I don't want to ever be sore. I just want to be tender. Carrington thinks a lot about balance and the life she's building for herself. She's someone who has a lot of hobbies and that's intentional. I think hobbies are really important because you need something that kind of sparks a special kind of joy inside of you that has no stress or pressure 
attached to it. That is something that you can feel like a child again, like very giddy to do and you look forward to it. I feel like we get really complacent in life or we feel stuck and that's because like we don't have anything to look forward to but when you have a hobby like you can always look forward to like the marathon race you were training for or for like that concert and that makes life a lot more fun and i think it's important to distinguish a side hustle versus a hobby because i think right now because of like the times everyone is trying to you know make ends meet and turning their hobbies into side hustles and that's uh commendable of course if you can do that but not all hobbies should be like that you should keep something for yourself it's good for your like just overall well-being to just kind of like hang out carefreely From Carrington's earliest memories growing up in southwestern Virginia, time in nature was where she cultivated her curiosity, where she had fun. I grew up in Danville, Virginia. It's this very small rural town and like this like maybe like max like 30, 40,000 people there, but everybody knows everybody. And we lived kind of in the city, what you would consider the city, but we spent a lot of time outdoors. My mom 100% let me just be free outside. I was the type of kid that had like like a plant and bug and animal encyclopedias. I was going outside to capture butterflies and put bugs in my little plastic container and pick up like earthworms out of the ground and put them in my palm just to have them tickle me. I just loved everything about it. We went to every zoo, every aquarium that existed. I rode horses when I was five. We always had pets, just spending time with the natural world was very much so in the forefront of my childhood. And I was fortunate enough to go to private school and we took a lot of field trips. That was like their thing, that every semester there was like some kind of field trip. I remember we went on these like overnight camping trips by the river. I remember my brother, he was a boy scout, so I was like learning a lot about how to pitch a tent. Uh, through like what he needed to do to keep like getting his badges. I also uh, like I remember fifth grade they had us do like this trout like project where we raised trout in the classroom. In the classroom? Yeah they put a whole fish tank in our fifth grade classroom full of trout eggs and we watched them grow that whole year. I've only known just to be outside and to enjoy being outside. I've always known how to swim because my mom put us in swimming lessons. So going to the lake never like scared me in any way. I was fully prepared to have a fish nibble at my toes by <laughs> like swimming out there. And we went to the beach. Uh, I never was afraid to boogie board. It was just, we just never were afraid of the outdoors. I think that's what my mom always wanted us to understand is that it's nothing to be afraid of and how to take care of yourself if you are out there by yourself too. Why do you think your mom didn't want you to be afraid of the outdoors? I think because she knew that I was always going to gravitate towards that. So it made more sense to just lean into how do I give her the safety and the knowledge that she needs versus like 
just curbing me away from it all the mm. time because I, I do like solo hiking and I do like solo backpacking and stuff like that. I, uh, there's sometimes when I will go hiking and she insists on being on the phone with me the whole time if I have a signal, just because <laughs> she's like, do you even have a pocket knife? What if a fox attacks you? And I'm like, I don't think that's gonna happen, but you're right, <laughs> I should get one. <laughs> or I, uh, <laughs> or I, I went to LA after I graduated from college for five days. And I was like, ah, this is my go find yourself trip. And I, I didn't really plan this out super well, but I like went to Eden Canyon Falls because I wanted to see this waterfall and I had no map and there wasn't really anyone around exactly. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna walk, hope for the best. Maybe I stumble upon it, maybe I won't. Had no phone signal and I made it. And I made it back totally fine before the sunset. And it was like a two and a half hour like ordeal of like getting there and back to like my Airbnb. But having that type of confidence is I think what she wants always that even though I am a woman and even though I am a black woman that I can move around in the world and feel confident about being able to protect myself and enjoy myself no matter what because I shouldn't feel like I can't access anything just because of like who I am or being by myself. I'm also only like five feet tall, so <laughs> it's reasonable to like be worried that like some like mountain lion could get me, but it's also <laughs> like, why should that concern, why should I live by fear and like prevent having a good experience just because of the dangers out there? She sounds like a good mom. Oh, love my mom to death. My best friend, for sure. I talk to her every single day. Like, whether it's via, like, sending memes and the group family group chat or, like, just hearing her voice every single day, I don't ever miss a day without speaking to her. Now, I do want to stress that Carrington isn't recommending that you don't plan or take a map when you're out in the wilderness. But there's something to be said in having the confidence to get through an uncertain situation and to learn from it. So Carrington has had a close relationship with the outdoors for much of her life, but she didn't bring the outdoors in, in the form of plants, until just over a year ago. But it turned out that she had a knack for caring for them. If you don't know anything about plants, you should get a bunch and figure out what makes you feel good as a plant parent. And so <laughs> I did not know I was good with plants before last year did not know it at all never had plants my mother had plants and my grandmother had plants growing up and I, I was in the garden and stuff like that and I I took a lot of like environmental classes where we like understood like the anatomy of plants and how to grow them better I even after I graduated from high school I worked for a biofuel research um, company we were growing tobacco to get uh, sugars out of it to turn into ethanol and so I, I fully understood how plants work and I had been around them. I just never had my own. So the ones I have now, oh, I love so much. Everything about seeing green, every corner that I look is great. My love for plants comes from the fact that I just love the great outdoors. And I think that people need to understand that if you have house plants and you really care about preserving them, you should also translate that love to preserving 
the natural plants outdoors and wanting to be involved with the politics of environmental practices, understanding like what monoculture is when you grow only one crop and like on all this land and it depletes the nutrients in the soil, like how bad that is and how like, well, you wanna do that in your own home. You wanna do that in your own backyard. So don't um, try to contribute to that in the grander scheme of the earth itself. And man, do I feel connected to nature when you have it indoors with you. I will say it's a little bit terrifying when I'm in meditation in the morning and I hear a, a leaf move. <laughs> I'm like, what was that? Someone trying to bring it to my house? No, simply just a, a plant unfurling the leaf. Um, and that's like super cool to like be present um, with that. And also to share breath with plants. They're giving out oxygen, we're giving out CO2 and that harmony is so beautiful like so beautiful and i get to nurture something in a motherly way without having kids by having plants and that is so endearing kind of deal it's like wow i can really love something really take care of it and and i don't have to like you know have a kid to be able to do that um but i am feeling like you know if i ever do have kids one day i, I can do it though i mean people aren't <laughs> that much more complicated than houseplants to be honest in terms of care give it a little sun give it a little love give it a little water probably gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> so so what are um your tips for other people you know who might want to get started want to start caring for a reasonable number of plants in their home Definitely do your research before you get the plants. That's number one. Number two, do not overthink it. The plants don't know the difference between regular soil and top tier organic soil. They really don't. So don't overthink it. Just have fun with it. And number three, don't think you're a bad person just because you kill a plant. Being a plant parent isn't a measure of self-worth, whether or not you can keep a plant alive. It's just something fun you can do, but it's not a requirement to make you like a top tier human being. It's like, oh, I can keep all these things alive. You're not a bad person if you accidentally kill a plant. Um, I want people to remember that. And you must also pick a variety of plants like some people are gifted as succulents and some people are gifted at binding plants and some people are gifted with like tropical plants and stuff like that and it takes a little time to figure that out and so be patient with yourself on figuring out like what is the plant that is going to want to receive the same love that I'm willing to give because I don't do succulents because I want to I want to water my plants on the regular <laughs> I want to feel interactive with them and I want to talk to them and I want to see them like by my bedside and I just can't do that so I don't invest in them but monsteras apparently they want to receive all the love I can give and so I have a bunch of them and they grow really well and everyone has a plant I believe that is like their plant you just gotta find it so enjoy the journey of searching for your plant 
We'll hear more from Carrington after this. Oregon State University eCampus is a nationally ranked provider of online education that believes that no one should have to choose between pursuing their degree and exploring the world. On this show, we talk to a lot of women whose careers have equipped them to help find solutions to the world's environmental issues, as well as those who have made a big shift in their careers. Oregon State is America's natural resources university. They've spent 150 years encouraging students to spend time outside, discovering new ways to positively impact the environment. We're living in a time when educational opportunities are more accessible than ever online. And Oregon State University's eCampus makes it possible to gain the knowledge you need to help tackle some of our biggest environmental issues. It's no surprise that Oregon State University is ranked number five in the nation by U.S. News & World Report, enjoying their sixth straight year in the top ten. Learn how Oregon State eCampus can help you pursue your passion and advance your career at the same time. Visit ecampus.oregonstate.edu explore to discover their wide variety of bachelor's and master's programs. That's ecampus.oregonstate.edu explore. Celebrating the belief that there is always another adventure to look forward to, winter 2020-2021 is getting geared up, and so is the Icon Pass community. Now is the time to start preparing for your winter adventures with your family and friends to return to the slopes or to try out skiing or snowboarding for the first time. And Icon Pass unlocks over 40 unique destinations and a variety of mountain communities to explore the fresh air with your closest family and friends. You can choose from their full Icon Pass at $1,049, the Icon Base Pass at $749, or test the waters with the Icon Session Pass 4-day at $429 through early October. No matter your skill level or how often you ride, seek the unique characters, adventures, and destinations this winter with the help of the Icon Pass, whether in your hometown or a short drive away, because every experience is one for the books, worth the photos and video memories, and your next adventure is no exception. The mountains connect us, and this unique community is what can help hold us together and remind us to keep safely seeking joy this season. On sale now, every 2020-2021 Icon Pass comes with adventure assurance, including credit towards the 2021-2022 Pass in case of COVID-19 closures and more time to defer the value of an unused 2020-2021 Icon Pass, no questions asked. Discover Pass options and plan for a winter of adventure at IconPass.com. That's I-K-O-N-P-A-S-S dot com. We're back. Carrington's lifelong connection with nature is one of the reasons she transitioned to veganism in her youth. But the idea first sprang from one of her then newfound hobbies, yoga. When I was about 13, 14, as a little backstory, I was a classically trained ballerina at the time, um, all the way up until my senior year of high school. But I was having a lot of uh, physical issues with like my joints. And that was kind of putting a damper on all of my summer activities where I would normally go um, on camping trips and like spend time outdoors, like uh, kayaking and stuff like that. So I was doing a lot of physical therapy and I hated it with a passion. <laughs> like it did not drive with me. So my mom told me to pick something else and I picked yoga. I realized like, you know, seeing online that people like always do yoga outdoors and like different uh, things about yoga philosophies, about connecting to the four, four to five elements, depending on how you like to perceive the elements, and like how 
cool it was to be connected that way. And yoga basically translates to like unity. So understanding my connection to all living things on this earth was kind of affirmed through practicing yoga. And I learned about ahimsa, which it means in Sanskrit, it means nonviolence. So nonviolence to yourself or to anything else. And I started picking up on understanding where my food came from. I always knew that chicken came from chicken and pork came from pigs. That that was never a confusion at all. Mm. <laughs> Even when I was eight, I tried to go vegetarian because I was like, I don't really want to eat the animals I think that are cute. But it wasn't until I was like 15, I started making the connections after binge watching a bunch of animal videos, animal cruelty and environmental videos. I was like, oh, I'm really harming everyone by my lifestyle choices. And that's not very yogi of me, (laughs) not very ahimsa of me. And I need to fix that as soon as possible. And so from 15 to 20, I made the conscious effort to learn as much as I could about the environment and our impacts and how I could live differently. And that's how I basically every other year was like cutting out a different animal product. Carrington doesn't judge folks who eat meat, and I feel I should disclose that I eat meat in moderation. As passionate as she is, Carrington takes a gentle approach to sharing her lifestyle with others. Because not everyone is in the mood to just become zero waste vegans. They're just not, (laughs) that's just not like reasonable to ask anyone. I would never ask that of anyone. I don't even ask that of myself. So I have to sprinkle it because little seeds grow into really big plants basically and they will take up more space and it'll be so much more long lasting that way. Back in June, we had Leah Thomas and Christy Drutman on this show to talk about intersectional environmentalism, an inclusive version that advocates for people and planet. What we eat can lead to environmental injustices and literally has downstream effects. And beef and dairy were the first things I gave up. It's very sad to think about that most of the deforestation and uh, land use and food that we grow go in water as well goes into just raising a cow to produce milk and beef and that conversion rate is just not sustainable in any way. To help illustrate what Carrington's saying, I looked up this fact. 25% of ice-free land worldwide is taken up by cattle grazing. As our world population keeps rising, so will the number of cattle to keep up with the demand for meat which results in a profound loss of biodiversity. Not all animals get to graze either. Seeing how they're called concentrated animal feeding operations, CAFOs, these very large-scale farms, were not taking good care of the animals, and then all the waste that was being produced was polluting the water and polluting the air. And I had a hard time grasping, like, why people who were more fortunate to, let's say, consume all of these products, animal products, and live away from these farms were directly impacting people who live closer to them of lower socioeconomic status. And so there was a lot of people who started developing serious allergies and asthma problems 
and from like the air quality being so low and drinking like tainted water and not understanding that there's one thing to have like a flint michigan situation happening and there's another thing to have like like the water being polluted from like basically just animal waste and both of them are really serious but and both of them are fixable i knew that if i was to go vegan and to help other people trans try to adopt a plant-based diet and lifestyle we could like fix that because it's not fair to anyone on this earth at all to have lower quality air lower quality soil or lower quality water at all it bothers me that in places not as well known as like let's say yosemite that is the situation and we don't think about it and a lot of people don't care about it and i just could not not care after i found out that that's what was happening these are just a few of the considerations, and this is way too complex an issue to break down without devoting a whole episode or even a series to this subject on this show. For Carrington, this research influenced her undergrad studies. And so if I wanted to keep enjoying the earth, I knew I had to like work harder to protect it. And so I minored in global sustainability at the University of Virginia, and I double majored in philosophy and African-American African studies. And I focused mainly on, like all of my writing was all on ethics. How can we ethically treat people and the earth better? How do we like basically satisfy everyone? And understanding like environmental ethics, like how do you tell like, let's say people who are indigenous to the land, like, yeah, it's our fault that this water is tainted and this is how we're going to fix it. And in the meantime, this is like the water we're going to supply you with because we're going to take responsibility for that and we need to make sure that this is a long-term plan that we do not do that ever again. That takes a lot of a lot of power to do and accepting uh, where we've made fault, but also like respecting people and... How else could you not want to be? I think as a good citizen of the earth, other than to preserving all life, whether it's plants or people or animals, other than like going the extra mile to fix what we've broken. I think it's lovely that Carrington describes us as being citizens of the earth versus the more individualistic slant that we sometimes take here in America because the choices we make here for the environment have a ripple effect around the world. For Carrington, being a responsible hiker isn't just about the seven essentials or trail etiquette. It's about making sustainable choices about the clothes she wears and the gear she carries, as well as lowering the amount of waste she carries out with her. As a vegan, it's also about fueling her body on the trail. So what are, what are some of your favorite snacks to pack? On, on hikes and backpacking trips? Uh, I love making my own granola, just like every other country granola girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love making my own granola with oats, and I don't eat honey, so I use agave nectar. Um, and mixing it with like bananas and chocolate chips um, or cacao nibs and, um, and seeds. I'm like a little bird. I love eating all seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, you name it. I'm going to get my protein through the seeds. <laughs> um, 
making really nice like bean burritos because I know that like when you're hiking you have to like be as light as possible so I try to only pack things that don't have a very high water content or very heavy um, so bean burritos are really nice my favorite thing I will say is to pack a MLT a mushroomless tomato sandwich if mm. you get really good at using the cast iron which I feel like all outdoorsy people live and breathe by <laughs> cast iron <laughs> cooking. <laughs> and you take a maitake mushroom or hen of the woods mushroom and you put like some butter in the pan and you just sear it for as long as possible, like for like 15 minutes to get all the water out. And you just layer it some lettuce and tomato and some mayo, salt, pepper and some bread. You will feel super satisfied. Mushrooms are so earthy tasting, so it's even more fun to eat like when you're at the top of the mountain because <laughs> you feel like extra connected. <laughs> so, I will say that veganism, even though like the growing subgroup of people who are becoming vegan in the United States are black, there's still a lot of like like hang up on being that like whether or not like do you lose like your membership of being black <laughs> that's like how we like joke about it and describe it like your black card do you like lose like your credibility of a black person by being vegan carrington wrote a moving post on her instagram on juneteenth or june 19th a holiday celebrating the emancipation of those who've been enslaved in the u.s the post was about having the freedom to choose to be vegan as a black woman. I asked Carrington how our community responded. I will say that I think that the way that I worded it in that post resonated better than it's ever had before when I tried to point out to people that nothing is lost when you decide to do that and how we're just, we're free and we are free to make our own decisions at all costs and we can make the amendments um, to our lifestyle to be more accommodating without sacrificing tradition or taste. And I think people forget that you can still honor your ancestors and still honor your people and your culture by just living a better life. And I think honestly, that's more of a gift to give and more of a way to show your appreciation for that instead of like still being hung up in the past like if you want to still have like let's say collard greens and you're used to your family and i grew up with it like cooked with ham hock or just like pork shoulder because that's supposed to elicit like nice fatty satiety taste right um but realizing that you don't really need that and you can still feel good about that. I think that's important. And I think that my grandparents, my great grandparents and all of them will be very appreciative of me now choosing to better myself, but also finding a way to not be lost because that's what's really important. So like, I think my black community, the way they responded was like it clicked for them when I made that post that it is a choice. This isn't something that I'm trying to like erase my history or my culture. 
this is a choice that I'm making to enhance it and better it because when you look at the statistics in the United States, uh, metabolic diseases like heart disease, that all things that like shorten our life expectancy is much higher. So that's all related to our diet and lifestyle. And it's also super high for the African-American community. So if you really are about improving the quality of life of yourself and of others, then you should be willing to understand that you can make some small changes while maintaining the tradition to extend our life expectancy. And that's all I really wanted to get across. And I think that clicked. And then for all the non-black people, they, I think, were reminded that back in slavery, we were only given the scraps of everything. Meant to cook the best of the best for like the slave owners and plantation owners and stuff like that, but never allowed to taste that ourselves. And why shouldn't we now want to taste the best of the best or have the best of the best ingredients and have the ability to treat ourselves to that kind of deal? Because not everyone can afford organic strawberries, right? All the time, but you should want to treat yourself without feeling like that is a white person thing. Because when we look back at the history of like looking at um, the culture of like the islands or uh, different cultures within Africa and stuff like that, how they fully understand eating from the earth. And when you eat, let's say um, animals, you eat the whole thing and you don't eat a surplus of it. You don't grow a surplus of it and you honor it in a more special way than what we have been in the American culture and reminding people like that is our history, not what happened, you know, just 150 years ago and during the 400 years of slavery. But like outside of that, because our history goes beyond slavery, it was way before that, understanding how to rotate the crops and how to make like, let's say like yams be very universal for lots of different things or how like, of course, and like, Hispanic cultures, like using corn in a very uh, diverse way. It is very much so innate in all of us to eat from the earth and not always get all of our nutrients from what we were only granted during those that small period of time. I think really clicked with people that like, hey, it's not just about like how, yeah, stereotypically this is how we eat here in the south of like these different subgroups this is how we can eat but that's not what we're stuck with eating and people need to know that they can be free to make those choices no matter what without being afraid to if you're curious about a plant-based lifestyle or just about incorporating more plants into your life You'll enjoy Carrington's blog called Parts Homegrown. A saying down here in the South is that when you see someone who's like really big and strong, like one of like the high school lead football player, the joke is like, oh, he's homegrown. <laughs> like he's been eating well. He has been given all the perfect conditions to like be the, the star football player. And I wanted to then translate that to other people that 
hey, you can live a sustainable life full of joy within your means by adopting a plant-based diet and lifestyle. And I've been trying to show people that you can just do it on your own. Figure it out. Try all these different things and see what works for you. You can create the person you want to be right here at home, whether it's your physical home or whether it's your body, which is ultimately the, the home you've always lived in and will always live in. So creating a wonderful space and environment that you live in, whether it's the color scheme to the plants or the paintings you have, whether it's the people you keep in your life that help you thrive, and whether it's like what you nourish yourself with, that is all really important stuff so that you can like bloom into the person you wanna be. And I just wanna show people like, hey, you can have a lot of fun with all of this. And it's just not to think about the things that you're losing, but the things that you're choosing. Because a lot of times when people think about veganism or like just changing their lifestyle, they're like, I'm losing out on X, Y, and Z. And that's just not how I want people to perceive it. It's more like I'm choosing A, B, and C because that's better for me. And I'm hoping that through my blog, people are, you know, always going to receive that from me. I get some very lovely feedback from people who say that, like, yeah, like, because of me, they finally ditched dairy and now they drink oat milk with their coffee and that makes me happy. Or people saying, like, oh, yeah, because of you, my, my plant is thriving again. So thank you for all of your advice. And that's, I want people to feel at ease of creating the life that they desire. And that's why I put out the blog and I will continue to do that work because I did it on my own and I would have loved for someone to have taught me all this stuff. And so I'm going to give that back to other people. As you heard at the start of the show, Carrington's goal is to help spread as much joy as possible while causing the least amount of harm. At the same time, she wants to help people deepen their connection with the earth. So it feels fitting to leave us with this last wish from Carrington for us all. I have done hikes and gone to the top and then I did like, like I've done a sunrise hike. And I was like so, so exhausted going, but I, I got to the top, I felt great. Did some yoga at the top, some sun salutations honoring the sun that was rising. And that was like a peak experience in and of itself when you get to do that. I really want that for everyone. Like next time anyone who's listening, you go on a hike, look it up how to do a, just a simple sun salutation. Just do one and you just sit there. You will feel so connected to everything it will maybe bring you to tears. Thank you so much to Carrington for the conversation. You can find her on Instagram at withcarrington and learn more about her on her blog, partshomegrown.com. I'll be sure to link both in the show notes. Thanks to our sponsors, Icon Pass and Oregon State University eCampus. You can find She Explorers on social media, our website, and wherever you listen to podcasts. 
You can find me on Instagram at Gail Straub. If you enjoy listening, there are different ways to support us. You can subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. And if you'd like to connect, join us in the She Explorers podcast Facebook group. Ad music in this episode is by Lee Rosevere and Swelling, using a Creative Commons attributions license. Additional music is licensed through Musicbed. She Explorers is a production of Ravel Media, released on Wednesdays. Until next week.